We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what Rich culture is about. About, about, about. What's going on, world? You are tuned into episode 43 of Brunch Culture. It's your boy, Randall Keith, and as always, I'm joined by my girl, Miss Lisa V. What's up, world? All right, y'all, so let's dive into this weekend review. Lisa, what's going on? Well, this week we had a special uh, special event from our very own Randall Keefe. I want to take a moment to acknowledge him. He was the alumni of the year. He won the alumni of the year award from Nova Southeastern University. Oh. And uh, we, I am very, very proud of him. That's a huge accomplishment. I know he was one of four or five finalists and he was, it was doctors and lawyers and but God saw fit, my God. Little old me, little old me. <laughs> he saw fit to choose Randall and bless him with this honor. So I want to honor him on Brunch Culture. So Randall, tell oh. us about uh, your experience getting that this week. Well, you know, it just, uh, I had to thank my mom and thank God. And it was just such a night. I'm just playing, y'all. <laughs> um, no, so the award, uh, it was like you said. It was like five. It was four other people in the category, um, and these people had graduated. They've been out of out of the university, graduated from the university for like fifteen, twenty years. Have done some incredible, incredible things um, in the community. They're doctors and lawyers and dentists and authors and, um, you know, they've contributed great things to to the to the university. And I was nominated. My, my my advisor and some other uh, officials um, from the, the university, staff members and faculty from the university nominated me, uh, made it to the finalist list and then went to the event, this which was this past Tuesday. And when they called my name, I was shocked because after I saw the people's titles before and I was just kind of like, oh, well, it's going to be a great experience, you know, to be a part of it. Because even as a finalist, you know, you receive like an, an award for being a finalist because it is a, like a really big thing for the university. And this is the 16th anniversary of it. And then having, you know, them with them calling my name on stage to tell me that I won, I was flipping out because I'm like, yo, little old me. And I say that because for me, I'm like, these people have done incredible things and the things that I've done since graduating and like right 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 since graduating the things that I've done they've been great you know I I pat myself on the back for it but I feel like they don't amount to the other people that were in the category and one of the things my advisor she said was these people have had years you know to to build up their achievements and so if you look at yourself 15 years from now of course, you, your your resume will look just like their resume, but just within the time from the time that you graduate, which hasn't even been a year yet, since that time to now, look at the things that you've been able to achieve, look at the great things that you've been able to do, and you are truly embodying and represent the university um, in a tremendous way, and you've been able to take these things to different places and different pockets of places and posit positively represent what it means to be a student uh, that comes out of Nova Southeastern University. And it was just, it was really, 
you know, it was, a, it was a really big deal, something I was shocked for. And I use that to say just kind of in my acceptance speech, I wanted everybody to know that, like, it's not just like while I accept the, the award, I want people to take this and understand that this can be anybody. Right. Like this is for all of us. This is for the people that the person that thinks that what they're doing is not that great, not that big of a deal that, you know, just wants to work hard and is trying to make a mark. But we'll look at somebody else not considering their circumstances, not considering, you know, how long they've been doing it, but look at somebody else and say, oh, I'm not good enough without realizing that, no, you are good enough in, in the in the area that you're in, in the space that you're in, with the resources that you have, you are good enough and you're actually probably great. Stop comparing yourself to other people and look at yourself and what you've been able to do and realize the greatness in you. So that is the, the message that I want everybody to know. I'll be blogging about that soon. Um, just getting out there so you guys can <clears throat> I can get more detail into it. But I appreciate the love. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks, Brunch Culture. We just we're I, I a lot of people like liked the picture and supported me and told me congrats to all of those people. I can't name everybody, but I just want to say thank you for the love and support. It goes a long way. And just know that as you support me, I support you. This is not a hundred percent about me. This is just a testament to the things that we are capable of doing and things we can do, particularly when you got God on your side and when you know that without God, none of this would be possible. Amen. Amen. I feel like I just need to pray. I'm just hey. <laughs> But in other news, um, Jay-Z is <clears throat> making moves again. Title, title, title lots. If you guys know, most people, you guys have probably heard, you saw on like uh, social media artists, Nicki Minaj, Beyonce, uh, Madonna, all of these people, Rihanna, all of these people are changing well, we're changing their uh, profile pictures to um, this like kind of like turquoise blue looking thing. Um, and it was because of the launch of, of Tidal. This past Tuesday, Jay-Z launched um, Tidal, which is a streaming service app, which allows, it gives you access. It gives listeners access to over 75,000 like videos. And it is, they have high, what they're, they're calling like high uh, definition, high quality images and videos and pretty much what it allows you to do it's it's kind of competing with your spotify's and um <clears throat> uh google all access gives you kind of the same thing where you're able to stream stream co content so you set you set up an account for uh and you pay monthly i think that the two different brackets for the u.s is like 25.99 a month for um, the high quality content. And then for the normal content, it's like uh, $12.99 or something like that. But <clears throat> basically you pay for those and you get access to 25 million tracks and it's 75,000 uh, different music videos that come with no ads. And it's supposed to be crystal pristine clear. It's supposed to be up to date with your phones. Most phones like the iPhone six and a lot of the Androids, they have, um, high definition uh hd viewing capabilities so you'll be watching the videos and everything in hd if you do sign up for the uh, they call it the high fidelity sound quality that package that's where you get like all the high def thing but this is a it's a really big thing because jay-z brought in other artists that are uh pioneers and are doing great things in their their genre of music you had like your ushers alicia keys pharrell beyonce uh madonna daft punk all of those people came in 
Um, and I think the, the, the backend business side is they own 3% of the company. So they put in a certain amount of money and they own 3% of the company title. And I think overall, collectively, it's like the artist owned, it's 48% of the company is owned by artists. And so what the company is trying to do is it's giving people access to, to music, access to videos and access to curated editorials um, and from journals, artists and experts. And pretty much it's trying to create this hub for you to get all everything music, all content. And it's trying to create a, a space where people can go um, to get direct access to <clears throat> the artist. One of the things, and Lisa, you actually mentioned this, that it came off the heels of, you know, Beyonce releasing her album digitally direct to consumer. So it's kind of cutting out the middleman and cutting out all of these people that are making money off the artists. And a lot of people don't realize it, but artists today really aren't making a lot of money off selling albums. They're not making a lot of money off of um, putting out even singles. They're, where their money really comes from is endorsements and performing. So we have these artists that may not be that great, but because they're hot right now and they have a buzz and people are following them, they're just churning out all of these singles and they're doing that so they can keep performing because they're trying to make money. Gone are the days where, where record companies are dishing out a whole bunch of money. Artists actually have to like put up their own money to build an album, uh, to put together a body of work. And with, you know, on iTunes, you don't have to buy a full album. So Jay-Z is basically creating a space where Artists can come to title, get their 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 content on title, buy into people signing up for this service, and it's like an artist own from the artist to the consumer type avenue, which I think is great. I think one of the things one article was mentioning that he's probably going to try to go into a um a a like exclusivity deal. So like if an artist, let's say like a Beyonce, she's locked into a deal with her record label. Well, once that deal ends, she'll probably, she probably won't go out and put her, sell her music. I mean, she probably will go independent and just be a person that signed up to get her music to come out through title. So the only place that you can probably access her new album or latest works will be on like a title. And so that just builds this community where more people are buying into it the artist is going to get more money from doing what they want to do. And then they have really true reign over what they want to put out. You don't want to, you don't have to put out radio edit or songs that are just going to be good for radio. You can put out whatever content you want and people want to get it. So I think it's a great, I really think it's a great idea from what I know about it. Um, I don't really know about how much money like the artists will be getting. I know places like Spotify, it said that some artists only get like eight cent per play on Spotify when other artists get like 70 cents per play. So it really, I mean, artists are getting robbed and I'm a person that I love art. I enjoy art. Music truly is my first love. So I just want to see good music come out and I'm a fan of R&B music. So if this means the potential that R&B music is going to come out and not be about like sex and the panty dropper and all, like, that's what I want. I miss the days when we talked about love. I miss the days when people actually wrote poetry and was singing poetically and it just made sense and it was great. I'm over and I realize that I probably sound real old, but I'm just over all the let's turn up, let's turn up, just to turn up. Can we well, listen, not turn up I, no more? As long as as long as they don't have Drake. Um <laughs> 
honestly, because he's important. Honestly, it's it's the music is great. Um, I think Jay Z is a genius. I, honestly, I think that this is smart because it, it if he cuts out the middleman, he's partnering with these influential artists. Other artists that are not as influential are going to f- want to follow the trend, and then it gives them more access. The internet is open game. You don't need mar- you don't need a marketing team. You don't. You you could use those, but you need a digital marketing team, and those could be another thing that he he at he he includes in his package. And I think that's that's a genius, like yeah. Because you don't who goes and buys CDs? Nobody. I download iTunes, and I and I yeah. create this space, I, and I, that's how I listen to music. I plug my aux cord in my phone, and go about my business. Who needs to have CDs when digital media is? the way to go and I think that's a genius because it's like if I stream it and I have exclusive access through that I'm it it is it essentially cripples iTunes too yep because you could just buy this service through this app and not have to buy um through iTunes so he's actually if this goes through and if he's able to make exclusive deals and like he said he doesn't have a record um record deal and he's able to have other artists follow that trend you cut out iTunes, you cut out Spotify, you only have Tidal. Yep. And, and that's it, he would be the next billionaire. He would make uh, Dre's deal look insignificant if he's <laughs> able to pull this off. I, I think he's shooting for about $20 billion with that one. Because the music industry is big and you're cutting out the middleman and you're giving artists their control back. And that's something that they never had. Exactly. When you go look at Motown, they were always fighting for control. They were always getting robbed. And he's trying to make it so the artists don't get robbed anymore. They have direct access and control of their funds. Now, I could see it being problematic when, you know, art, when studio, when record labels pay, pay producers and things and front them the money, they would have to raise their own funds. But, I mean, Jay-Z has enough money to make producers available. Pharrell is on the team. So... I mean, a lot can be done. Exactly, exactly. And so big ups to Jay-Z for doing this title thing. I'm interested. I'm really interested to see where it's going to go. Now, I'll be the first to tell you that I'm not up for paying $12.99 right now when I'm paying $7.99 a month for Google All Access. But I'll join a bandwagon soon. (laughs) But we're going to dive into our main topic. Today's main topic, we want to talk about chivalry. Ooh. Are you chivalrous, Randall? Is it dead or alive? Chivalry is very much so alive with me. I I say it's dead for some of the dead beats I don't went out with. I'm just joking. Oh, Lord. No shade. All of the people that I've dated are great. She she lying, y'all. Most most of them are good. I I haven't had a bad dating experience in the last two years. Most of the men have been chivalrous who just didn't work out. (laughs) I think. Hold on, let me think about that. I don't know. I I. Let me me just be quiet on that. But go ahead. Let's let's talk about chivalry. So chivalry is it dead or alive? I'm the per. I am the type of person. Not and you know. I think it may be a result of living in the South. Um, having influences that were very adamant about certain things being something that is just what men do. And so for me, certain things I don't even look at as I'm not doing it to try to be chivalrous. 
it's just me being me and 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 how I operate and how I get things done. So for instance, one of the things that I absolutely hate and it just bothers me to my core is going to the gas station. I don't care who I'm with, if it's a girl I'm dating, if it's my sister, if it's my mama, if it's just a friend, if I'm sitting, I don't when I see a guy and a girl together and the girl gets out to pump the gas, particularly if it's at night, the girl gets out to pump the gas and the guy just sits in the car, it does something to my spirit. It like annoys me. I literally want to go yank the dude out of the car and just be like, bruh, even if you like, you don't got to pump the gas, but at least stand outside with her. Don't leave her outside of the car. And my logic and my thinking to that is if something were to ever happen, if, if somebody were to come up and like rob them, rob her, she's in harm's way, you're safe. That's a problem, right? And so because a lot of people will see a male and will turn away and think that like, oh, I shouldn't do nothing or, you know, that's gonna he gonna give me, he gonna put up a fight so I ain't gonna mess with him, but they'll see a, a female and be like, oh, okay, well, I can get I can get her, I got her. They'll, you, you just your presence being out there will like, potentially wear people off and scare people away from doing anything just because you're there. Whereas just her sitting out there by herself, they're like, yo, I can come knock over the head, whatever. I'll offer and get what I need. And you sitting in the car, just chilling. Like it just, that just frustrates the heck out of me. But I know people that have said like, that's extreme. Um, I've even had a woman tell me that she's not a little girl she's not a baby. She doesn't need me to do that for her. I don't have to treat her like she's incapable. So, you know, I need to check myself. And I think it's a really, it's a really interesting. Treat me today. like I'm incapable. <laughs> what? I'm just joking. It was just a joke, yeah. If, if chivalry means, if you're treating me, if you're being chivalrous means that I'm incapable, something is wrong with my definition of incapable that's all i'm saying i <laughs> want you to open my door to pay at the restaurant when we're on the date i have male friends that are just my homeboys that we go out to dinner all the time and they pay and neither one of us want to be with each other they're just nice gentlemen now if that makes me if that makes you feel incapable they open the door they don't let me touch my door they don't let me pump the gas. If, if you know, it's my homeboy, so sometimes I'll drive, sometimes they'll drive. If I'm driving and I need gas, they'll pump the gas. That doesn't mean I'm incapable. That just means that they're able. It doesn't mean that I am unable to do it. I do it by myself all the time. I take myself out to eat. I put my own gas. <laughs> I can do all of that, so I'm not incapable. But their ability to do it for me has nothing to do with the fact that I'm incapable. I want a man to take out the trash. I want you to put air in my tire if it go out. I, I Okay, I can do that myself, but it's nice to have a gentleman do it for me. And I think, so the, one of the things I think, and this is why I pose these questions all the time when people say like, oh, chivalry is dead, ain't no real man. I need a man to treat me like my daddy treated my mama. And I've gone on this tangent before about you guys, we have to recognize that socially we are in different spaces. We're not in the space that our parents were. We're definitely not in the space that our grandparents were and great grandparents and all that stuff. Like things just look different. So 
for me, why I I could there's certain there's a lot of things I just couldn't do. Like I I struggle with having a a woman or female pay for my dinner, even if we just friends. Just saying like, oh, I'm gonna get the for me it's always we'll go Dutch. You pay for you, I'll pay for me. That that's just the setup that I'll have. But just having this feeling of a woman paying for me, it makes me feel less than a man. It makes me feel like I can't do it, which I recognize as a problem. So because of that, for me, it becomes, well, I think today, if guys don't do those things, we can't really beat them over the head or say like, oh, you're not a gentleman or you're not a man, because in essence, times are different. Whereas like, their grand their granddad probably did that well that was something that he honestly had to do like the the you know a woman couldn't like into enter certain rooms before a man like certain things just couldn't happen so i think we got to acknowledge where kind of like these social norms came from and understand that when guys don't do it today that's just kind of like a personal preference and what they choose not to do but not that they're just these horrible people that you know, they ain't men and they ain't, they ain't no good and they ain't this and they ain't that. Because honestly, it it becomes, it's so personalized, the rhetoric becomes different depending on what woman you're dealing with, right? I know some women that take your approach that say, hey, like, I want you to be a gentleman. I want you to do it. And I've gone out <laughs> with the woman. I'll never forget. I have this thing of, again, if we're walking alongside of the road, I always have to walk on the outside, and I have to walk like a couple steps unless we're like hand in hand. I'm going to be like two steps behind you because my logic is if a car or something is coming in danger, I'm going to push you out of the way so that I can be kind of like your protector, right? Oh, to make sure nice. like nothing's happening. You know, people let you die now. <laughs> what? No, that's... So that's just, that's always been my logic. I remember arguing with this girl because she refused to let me walk on it. And I was like, yo, well, we'll just have to, like, for real, you'll just have to walk in front of me. And she was like, no, you know, you're not going to treat me like that. Like, I'm a grown woman. I can do my own. You respect me as a woman, just like you can do something as a man. I can do that too as a woman. So I think we got to understand that, yo, the the story is kind of confusing, honestly, like, and some people just be like, look, I ain't doing that job. Like some dudes just be like, hey, I'm not taking that approach. It is what it is. You take care of you and I'm going to take care of me. And it's so funny because we'll have some people that say that, oh, that's a horrible thing. This dude ain't bad. But then you have some women that like it and some women that don't like it. It's just it becomes so confusing and so complicated. And I ask people all the time when we start talking about feminism and we start saying it again, I'm not coming for feminism. I'm not saying feminism is a bad thing. I believe that that there's equality there should be equality amongst men and women when it comes to pay when it comes to seeing that a woman is capable of thinking like a thinking in the in the way in a boardroom just like a man can think in a boardroom a woman can you know go out and be a builder the same way a man can do it like if a woman wants to do that she can do that i 100% completely believe that but what i think kind of gets confusing with this idea and it's almost like it's there's tension it's contradictory is when we say that you know feminism a woman says i'm a feminist but then complains about chivalry being dead so at what point in time like how do 
how am I supposed to differentiate that, right? Like, I don't... Well, I think, I think for me, I'm not a feminist. Um, I am feminine. Uh, <laughs> 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 She'll be here all week, guys. She'll be yeah, here all week. I will. <laughs> um, but I think that I, I'm, I, I support w- w- women empowerment. But I think the the what what we what we as women have to understand is just because your your roles may be different doesn't mean that you're less than we could be different and equal you could have a strength in an area and that not necessarily be my strength and i follow you and I let you lead me in the area. That doesn't mean that a woman can't lead a man, but in certain areas, it might be better for a man to lead. That doesn't take away your strength. At work, in some departments where some people are stronger, you follow them. Not because you're incapable of doing it, they're just better at it. But in another area, you may be better. And I think this whole thing with the whole feminist movement is the fact that I feel like my differences make me inferior when my differences complement the other. It's like a puzzle. I feel like when men and women work together, they fit together like a puzzle. Mm -hmm. But a puzzle that has the same edges and is shaped the same doesn't work together. It's our differences that complement each other and make us go together and, and make us it, it it fits but when you try to be the same piece as the other person it doesn't go together and i think that if if women understood that and if we had that approach and thinking towards men we would work together better and think of it like we're a puzzle you have strengths there's certain things you need to do i have strengths we go together like a puzzle we can't be doing the same thing so I think I think and I think um, and this is again, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't I, I'll always be the first person to say, like, while I support, you know, a lot of aspects of feminism, I don't really some things I just don't get. Like I said, with the whole like I'm a feminist, but I'm mad that chivalry is that I don't get it because for me, the argument and I thought the one of the, the biggest purposes or, or focuses of you know, promoting this idea of feminism and this movement is that we can be seen as equal. Um, but I think with, uh, with what you're saying, the counter to that would be that from the standpoint of men, oftentimes men take this this position that women are incapable of. And I think so the feminist, and, and at least in that regard, the feminist movement comes from you understanding that I'm not lesser than it's not it's not so much of of me thinking that me not being able to do what you do means that I'm less than but more so that me you trying to make me feel that I'm incapable of being a CEO you trying to make me feel that I'm incapable of being uh the president or being the head of this or being able to lead that 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 movement of or that position that men oftentimes take that makes that kind of bred this 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 degree of women that said no we can do it too we can do it too because not not because we don't we personally don't think that we can but it's because you're trying to 
put me in a space and make me feel that I cannot do it. I think that's where it comes I, from. And I get that. My thing is that I feel like just us in general as people, we go to extremes. So I could say this man makes me feel inferior. That doesn't, the extreme case would be, oh, well, now men can't open my door because I don't want him to think that I'm less than. There's a balance to everything. And I think we in general as society are just pendulum people. When when we we go on one side and then when we see something wrong with this side, we go all the way to the other. We throw the baby out with the bathwater. And really the balance <laughs> is the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> the balance is in the middle. Okay, yes, I could be a CEO. I'm not taking anything away from that. You could do that. You could be all you could be. We got Oprah. We got Martha Stewart. I don't know why I just said her name. But <laughs> I'm just speaking for powerful women. It, that Maybe Martha was bad because she went to prison. Anyways, you got Oprah. You got Kathy Hughes. You got all these powerful women in society. Hillary Clinton. You know, you got these women. Uh, Michelle Obama. Powerful women that could do the things that men aspire to do. That's one thing. But at the, that them being able to have a man open the door, men, them being able to have somebody pump their gas takes nothing away from their powerful ability. That's when you go all the way from one extreme to another. Right. So just, just bring it in the middle, ladies. In the middle. Right here in the middle where you say, okay, I could be all I could be. I could climb that corporate ladder. But when I'm on a date, let the man open the door. And if that's not your thing, that's not your thing. I'm not saying it's not a, you have to do it. But it's, it doesn't take away your value if you let him. It doesn't take away your value. And it doesn't make the man feel like you're incapable of being or you're less than. Just because you had a mis one mistake, one bad experience with one man doesn't mean every other man is like that. And so when you don't allow yourself to be healed from a bad experience, you see every experience through that bad experience. So this man took advantage of you. This man said you're less than. Okay, that's not every man who's taking you out and opening the door for you. This dude could really value you and want to push you to the top, but still want to treat you like a lady. And you have to be open to that. You can't allow yourself to be boxed in and go from these extremes because you'll never be you'll never be happy, really. And you'll never be at whole as a person. And that's my feeling. Yeah. And I, I think so. And it, it's, it's something that I think it, it, it gets really detailed because then you start to say that, like, when you say, hey, this gets you to treat like allow the man to treat you like a lady. I think that just kind of. It, it gets down to what your preferences are. Like, I think, yo, I was bred this type of way. I was bred that as a man, this is my role. This is whether you're my woman, whether you're my sister. The fact that you are female, I am supposed to take these types of things and do these types of things because you are female. And for me, I've been taught that that's me respecting you as a female. That is me you know, showing you, show, being chivalrous to you, being a gentleman to you. But there are women that take that and see that as that is saying that 
what does it mean to be a lady, right? What is this definition of being, does being a lady mean that I have to take the role of doing less? Being the lady means that I have to accept that a man has to do something for me because I'm a lady. And I think that when we get, when it gets down to it, it becomes a preference and it really becomes like cultural norms. There's a, there is a, a lady in my office as nice as she is, as welcoming and as talkative as she is, I like I held the door for her and she refused to go through it. And she didn't do it in a rude way. She wasn't like aggressive, but she was just kind of like, I'm not going. By all means, you go, you go. And I was like, oh no, I, I got it, I got it. And she was like, no, I'm gonna stand here until you go through. You can walk through the door. And it just kind of immediately clicked into me that this may make her feel uncomfortable. And this, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that she's had horrible experiences with men. I think it really just may be one of those things that culturally she's from, and she's an older lady, but it may just be the environment that she grew up in. It's just like something that's a cultural norm for me. It's just not her thing, right? And so me trying to, in essence, force upon her my cultural norms and what I've been taught is treating a late treating her like a lady she may be saying we're in the office we're in a corporate setting or a corporate form don't treat me like a lady treat me like an equal would you hold the door for a male then don't hold the door for me i think that type of thing because i think when 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 you allow those things to happen or when those things do happen it kind of breeds a a, a space or opportunity for you to think that i have to uh, treat her a certain way because she's a woman. Almost kind of like the thing where when, when people say all the time, like, oh, well, women aren't fit for leadership because they're emotionally unstable. And there was like, as men or as people, we try to say, oh, well, let's, we got to do things a certain way because, you know, Lisa's a woman, she's a female and, you know, women, they get hormonal and they don't want to, like, that's insulting for a woman. A woman doesn't want, I don't want you to treat me differently. Treat me like an equal. If you can come in and keep your emotions intact, then I can come in and keep my emotions intact too. And yeah, I think I that's that. where that's, that's from. A, I, I think that's the, I, I get the cultural preference. Um, but I think what I was speaking to is I know a lot of women who are uh, hyper on this whole, you know, I need a man to know that I could, you know, be the same because of hurt. Um, That's what I was more so speaking to. Don't let hurt be an obstacle for a man who's really trying to do right by you. Now, whether you don't like, you might just like to open your own door. It's, nothing emotional that's that's on you like do you just tell the person up front your preferences or chivalry might be something different to you you know yeah yeah that's whatever chivalry is to you if you and the person you're with agree on that and y'all able to come to some resolve and y'all operate from that space and y'all good by all means (laughs) i you know for me i don't like for me i don't have to wait for a man to come all the way from the other side to open my door. Now, if I'm outside and he opens the door for me to get in and sit in my seat, I'm good. I would prefer that. But the whole once we get out, I got to wait for you to No, I can just get out. Like it's, <laughs> and it's not like if you don't do it, I'm not saying, "Oh, he's not chivalrous." I mean, I could just get out. And some people that's a deal breaker for them. You know, some people have to have certain things or they can't progress in the relationship 
Yeah. That's who you are. Be real to who you are and what you your preferences are for dating or for friendship. Because like I said, I have males who refuse that are my homeboys that refuse to let me touch a door. That's just because they were raised that way and they value me in that way. That's, you know, now when I'm at a restaurant with dudes, I don't touch the door. Yeah, that's just that's just that's just the norm for me. However, if you had to go somewhere and you you like say, oh, you by the door, you went to the restroom. I'm not going to stand there before you come back to open it now that's extreme i know some people who go to that extreme yeah that's weird i mean <laughs> crazy you, yeah. but i mean like <laughs> pumping the gas if i'm with someone and i'm driving hey okay pump the gas i would prefer to do drive um that's a that's a that's to me it depends on how what stage of the relationship we're in though because sometimes i just think it's some things i just for the beginning you know, you want to see how much a person will do. And then you kind of get adjusting. You're like, oh, okay, I'll drive this time. You want to drive? Oh, okay, I'll pay this time. You know, you know, it's kind of, the, they've already proven themselves and you're just, you're you're used to each other now. Y'all just going forward. So I think, you know, you adjust it as necessary and as needed and based off your preferences and what you think, how you think the relationship should go. Yeah, I think my only, my my only thing is like, I hear so often women say chivalry is dead, men ain't what they used to be, men ain't this, men ain't this. And it's always just like you want to pull a dude down and say that he's not doing it with when honestly there is no like rubric. <laughs> there is not like a handbook on what all women want because there's all different types of women and all different things that women want. I think you have to approach it of saying like, oh, you know what? This dude is just like he's different. He may not mind holding the door for me. He may not mind paying, but this is something that we have to discuss. We have to talk about, um, even in terms of like saying, and I know it kind of seems extreme because a lot of people say that this is something that should be, um, the, you, a dude on our first date, a dude should pay. Well, if a dude has like not been raised that way, or he's dated women that has taken the position of we going Dutch, which now that women have access to money, now that they can actually have, you know, leadership positions and great positions and get paid salaries that are equivalent to men. Some women say the first date, we need to go Dutch. Why? Because I don't want to feel like I owe you anything. I don't, I'm not, I don't want, I don't want you to feel like, oh, well, because I do this, then you're going to, you're going to get no. We're going to see if we can enjoy each other's company, if we like each other, if there could be a second date or more to come. So you pay for you and I pay for me. And it's one thing is it's really crazy. But coming further north, I feel like in the south for uh, for us in the south, a lot of things is just kind of like this is the standard. This is how things go. But when I came when I moved up north well, further north to D.C., it was like honestly a culture shock because a lot of things that I thought was this is what everybody want. People looking at me like, bro, you real, real old school. You want some like, I got to patronize a woman to make her think I'm a good dude type stuff. And I'm like, nah, that ain't me. This is just kind of what I've been taught. Like, I, this is like, well, I want to be the Southern man because I think <laughs> I'm just not going to tolerate. Um, 
<laughs> and again, I, I'm not saying all women in the North like that, but I'm just saying that I think one thing that I'm learning is just kind of being open to differences and open to like, as as opposed to saying something is an absolute deal breaker and for women as opposed to saying like this dude is the scum of the earth realize that honestly his experiences may just be very much so different like i've had a woman that say like a dude if we're in a relationship and i come up with i need money he need to be giving me money he needs to be if i'm talking to him on my phone all the time then he need to be getting me on his cell phone plan and paying my cell phone bill i'm the first no, to tell you no, no. i don't pay contracts. bills contracts. i don't pay I don't do joint contracts with if we not married. I'm here um, to take it. I don't pay bills. Look what here. if we break up? That's stupid. Now I'm not because some of our listeners might be on contracts. I'm not judging you. You do you. But <laughs> I would say I don't feel like I need to have any legal binding document in connection with anybody that I'm dating until we are married. There's nothing, no joint bank accounts, none of that stuff. Because people are fickle and you don't have any laws that can, can really help you. I mean, you have some, but it's just, it's easier if you just, when you break up with somebody, you can just cut ties with them. I think that whole co-signing and I'm going to get you a car. I don't want a dude to pay my bills. And that's one thing my dad just taught me. Don't let a guy just buy you all these big gifts and y'all not married because he might expect something. He told me that when I was 16. So when I first started dating, I don't know how, what big gifts apply now because I'm an adult, but I just carried that philosophy. The only thing I want from a man that I'm dating is if I don't, I'm not a gift person anyway, so gifts don't really move me. So I wouldn't be asking for all these types of things. Um, is, oh, we going out to dinner. Cool. You pay, um, be chivalrous. And then if you're going to buy me a ring, that's this, that's the extent of the big gift until after marriage. I don't need a lot. But that's just, again, that's just me because I don't want you to feel like you owe me something. I don't and I'm not going to buy those big gifts for you. So what I mean, hey, but people are different. Yeah, and we we exist honestly. People are different, and we exist in a very very interesting time, yo. And I people think... have different love languages too. Mine is time. So for me, not being a gift person, that plays a lot into it too. I don't gifts don't mean anything to me. So, I mean, somebody could buy me a lot of gifts and don't spend any time with me, and it, it I don't feel a single ounce of love. But other people <laughs> on the flip side could be in a relationship and somebody spend a lot of time to them, with them and don't give them a gift and they don't feel like they love them. So it depends on, you know, how you receive love. And you got to find out what the personal love language is and let them know at the gate. I ain't going to be able to do this because uh, this, you I know, folk be like, look here, folk be like, oh, my, my love language is gift. You ain't bought me nothing, so you don't love me. All right, well, I'm uh, let me show you. I'm, I'm gone. I just can't love you. I just don't. You know what? In, in, in this whole thing, we going back to finances. I'm a numbers guy, right? But like, I just don't understand. I think I just want the committee of women that come up with these like standards to sit down and say, wait a minute, the average salary of of somebody with a college education that just graduated, that has student loans is this, their student loans are going to be this. They're like debt to income ratio has to be this. How in the world do I expect them to spend this much money on me and then still expect them to propose to me and have a big ring because oh if i have a small ring then it's gonna be a problem because 
I ain't walking around with no small ring. Then we're going to have this big old elaborate ceremony because my best friend and my other homegirls had this big old elaborate ceremony. So now we got to have a big old elaborate ceremony. Oh, then now I want you to buy me a house. Where all this money come from? And maybe it's because, you know, I don't come from a bunch a, of like, money. How in you a GoFundMe account. That's what I'm saying. That He done showed you the blueprint. Creflo showed me the blueprint. Get so you go find me. So basically, you're saying women, women want a, a Creflo dollar. That's it. So all us dudes that ain't Creflo dollars, we ain't got no chances. We need to become Creflo dollars. I'm just saying, get you a GoFundMe account. I ain't saying nothing about becoming him. I said, get you a GoFundMe. I'm just saying, he gave you a proper means to get money. What I'm gonna say on the on the uh, on the uh, GoFundMe. Oh, a I'm trying to take black man trying, trying to date, to, <laughs> trying to date <laughs> in a way that appeals to <laughs> demanding women. How about that? Not demanding women. <laughs> a woman whose love language is gifts. I don't know. I ain't gonna be able to do it. Nope. <laughs> Miss me. My love language is gifts. Well, it's been fun, but I got. What's your love language, Randall? Um, I don't really know. I don't be taking that job seriously. I think it might be time. See, I feel like love is time. Yeah, I, I think it might be time. It might be time or touch, cause I, I I'm like uh I I like like nurture nurturing women and like I need you to like when I say cater to me, not like I don't need you to like rub my feet or like put my shoes on. Like I'm no, but you know if a woman is like very passionate and nurturing like i want to kiss on you not like not every five seconds but just let me hug you how was your day talk to me about this i don't i don't i don't even i never took this little i've been told i've been sent these little quizzes all the time but honestly i become i get frustrated i'm like yo i got more better things to do than sit around here to talk about some dang on love language and then you tell me your love language then i tell you my love language and then don't nothing change we just wasted our time (laughs) it's supposed to change i'm supposed to do the acts of love that meet the other person's needs it might be time because i like to talk and when a woman would sit there and and like hash have conversations with me and we can hash things out together i like that that's a good thing so is that time what's that that's time communication you probably need words of affirmation too where she's affirming I think all men need that though. I I I rarely make like general statements, but I think I don't want to say we all need that, but I think we all like that. I think there is a a a, a certain part of the male ego that is stroked when a woman, particularly your woman or a woman that you're interested interested in, gives you a compliment or affirms your ability to be good at something, particularly when it comes to like them. I think that just that take that puts us in a place that's like, dang, and it kind of makes you want to go harder. It makes you want to like do it more because we, you know, we're we're pretty I, we're pretty simple beings. I think it's women that make things really hard. You know, we just hey. Sure, it's it's just the woman's fault. But you know, <laughs> tell us what chivalry is to you because obviously people have a variety of opinions on this issue, and I think it's important that you know. You hash that out and you tell the person that you're in a relationship with what you require, what you expect, and on both ends, the male. And if you tell them off the jump, off gate, then it should be a little bit easier. You can't change the rules in the middle of the game. You got to be upfront about what you want and communicate that. You can't get mad when you didn't articulate it. 
communicate when it changed too because you know y'all be like well you supposed to know well i ain't got to tell you you know that's yeah people aren't mind readers i yeah i learned that the hard way you got to tell them you got to you got to tell them you got to tell them when, what frustrates you frustrates you you can't just be mad and not tell them person why you mad and then just get madder because they not doing it he like oh they should know and you sitting up there mad and they just like oh okay going about their business <laughs> right um so yeah so let us know hashtag chat bc and um let us know what you think chivalry is and what it means to you but now it's time for our random topic so you know every day every not every day every week we try to find something random for you guys this week is phyllis jefferson stabbed her boyfriend in the groin for eating all her salsa Tough Post reports, Phyllis Jefferson's temper may be as hot as her salsa. They, they got away with words. <laughs> Police in Akron, Ohio said, oh, LeBron, Cleveland. All right, that's all. Police in Akron, Ohio said Jefferson, 50, she's 50, this is ridiculous, allegedly stabbed her boyfriend in the groin with a pen Sunday evening after he ate her salsa in their house. Cleveland.com reports Jefferson's boyfriend Ronnie D. Butcher, 61. This man, 61, should have stabbed him. Told police that he and the accused were arguing about the salsa consumption when she allegedly stabbed him with a pen. The suspect then walked over to the TV and threatened to knock her to the floor, according to the Ohio.com. When Buckner grabbed the TV, Grab the TV. <laughs> Jefferson allegedly walked to the kitchen to grab a knife and used it to cut him in the stomach. Oh my God. Whew. Jefferson fled the scene while Buckner called 911. Responding, responding officers found him on the floor clutch, clutching his stomach. Buckner was taken to a nearby hospital and treated for injuries that were believed to be non-life threatening. Jefferson was arrested a short time when officers pulled her over on the highway. <laughs> she was on the run. <laughs> <laughs> she on the run. She but... allegedly admitted to stabbing Buckner and said she did it because she wanted to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Jefferson was charged with. So you just couldn't walk out the door, though. Assault. Wait. You just couldn't walk out the door. No damaging and booked. This old couple from back in the day that believe in this uh, brick and mortar mentality. And mama say, look here, I'm a feminist and it's a new day. You ain't finna get my stuff and tell me what I'm gonna do. So I got something for you. I'm gonna uh, get this good old pen and make it happen and you gonna be all right. A pen, he grabbed the TV. Now, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's when we gotta press pause right there. Because <laughs> you, I grabbed a pen, stabbed you. And you, the first thing you thought to pick up is a TV, a television, <laughs> a television though. It probably was one of the tube televisions too. You know, one of the fat back. He couldn't have picked that up and threw that. He couldn't have picked that up and threw that. <laughs> I don't, I don't. At 61, I don't think he got enough strength. 
Nah, 61, that man still got, 61 is what, the new, like, it's like the new 40. Did they say 30 is the new 20? No, 40 is the new 20. So, 60 got to be the new 40. In theory, but in reality. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I just, y'all, I just, a TV in response to a pen is deep. That's all I'm going to say. That's deep. That's the level of deepness. They probably somebody, daddy and granddaddy. So when y'all women be saying, I want a man to treat me like my grand, like they used to treat women in the olden days. So I'm going to throw a TV at you. (laughs) People are throwing TVs out here. I don't even know. That's the thing to do. You ain't even know. You ain't even know. You ain't even know. Crazy. So what's our quarter of the week, (laughs) Randy? So this week's quarter of the week is... The massive amount of available talent plus relative ease to access to capital plus power of social media equal best time ever to launch a business. And that comes from the man, Mr. Paul C. Brunson. That quote is like, it's so powerful because I think it, it really speaks to where we're at and it speaks to this age and this time where there is honestly no excuse not to do what you want to do. I mean, there, there are reasons and, you know, things of like you having to do some like internal development and understanding realization, but honestly, you know, we're living proof of it here at brunch culture. You can, you have access to the internet, the internet and in this time and having a talent and having a passion and having dreams, there really is no reason for you not to launch your own something or to not venture out to try to do something to benefit yourself and to improve yourself. So go for it. Make it happen. I agree. Change the world. Be innovative. Make it happen. Well, we want to, again, thank you guys for listening to Brunch Culture. This is episode 43. You can check out all of our past episodes, episode 1 through 42, and now 43 on our website at www.brunchculturebc.com. Make sure you follow us on social media, on Twitter, at Brunch Culture, and on Instagram, at Brunch underscore Culture. Keep downloading us. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us reviews if you guys like the show. If you don't like the show, what you think about the show, what you think we can improve, leave those reviews. Email us at brunchculturebc at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Use the hashtag chatbc. We check the hashtag. We interact with each other using the hashtag. So let's have some good dialogue and let us know what you think about Chivalry and the rest of this show. Remember, here at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion.